Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Beauty and the Brain. We've had a great week this week and a super exciting topic to talk about today. Some things that are a little bit controversial and you know, some things that are just trending and that we wanna go over now uh, in the aesthetic world. Yeah, I think the the current trends and aesthetics and wellness are something that's really popular, really interesting, not all good, not all bad, but they're certainly influenced by, by social media. Social media is like the driving force behind aesthetics, it seems right now. And, and you can tune into one of our other episodes about social media and the influence that it has. But it's really interesting to me, these trends and how people kind of jump on the bandwagon, whether they're good, bad, mild, or crazy as they can be. We have seen some crazy stuff, some crazy requests. So what do you think is the craziest thing that you've seen? Uh, you know, probably one of the craziest things I've seen is scalloped lips. And so, you know, that really wasn't on our uh, agenda necessarily to talk about today, but it is something that's super crazy. And if you look at this, it's where, um, you know, we tend in our practice to go more for normal shapes, a little bit of augmentation of what a patient has normally. But we've seen these uh, patients come in with social media pictures where it literally looks like an oyster shell or they're scalloped and instead of having just peaks in the middle, they kind of have them all the way around their lips. And I think it's absolutely crazy and it's kind of to me falls more in body modification than really anything that we do um, medically for aesthetics. For me, I think it's brows. I see the craziest brows. We have um, Trinket Parker is in with us and she's a, a just a phenomenal permanent makeup artist and people come to our clinic to, for corrections, but oftentimes they can't be corrected until they're removed. And so some of the brows, the, the squared off brows that are, are nice, you know, but it's, it's a fad, so it's not something you necessarily want to be tattooed on your face. And certainly if you get them, you want them to be the same, but I think the brows and the scallop lips are certainly a look that's not gonna, not gonna maintain its momentum here over the next few years. So I think that kind of leads us to the, the trends and, and the things that are hot today may not be hot in a few years. So you need to be certain that they're not gonna be permanently modifications to your body or that it's not gonna be something difficult to remove or reverse. Yeah, that uh, brings us right to one of the hot topics of the day, and that's BBL, or Brazilian butt lifts. And uh, that seems to be a really kind of trendy uh, procedure right now. And we see patients that come in the office um, all the time looking for ways to enhance or augment their, their butt. And some of these patients are traveling to other parts of the country or even out of the country. We've seen uh, a few of our patients actually went to, you know, to Mexico and uh, to have these procedures done, some down in South Florida. And so uh, what do you think about this trend? I think my opinion of it's a little bit skewed just based off of what you said, some of our patients, because we've had a handful of patients that have gone out of the country and also we've had a handful of patients that have ended up in ICU with some pretty serious complications due, related to the surgery they had. I think it's not necessarily because it's a poor surgeon, but it's just a long time to travel after having something major like that. You know, it's, it's not safe. The, you're not supposed to sit on it for several weeks and then you take a, a eight or 10 hour plane ride home and back to our area and it's just, it's just not safe. And so one, it's gonna give you suboptimal outcomes because you're not following the orders, but two, there's dangers that are associated with it. So what do you think are driving the patients to go to these other areas to get the procedures? Do we not have uh, qualified providers in our area? No, I think the I think we have qualified um, providers, but I do think that cost is a is a big factor, and I also think that a lot of these places that focus primarily on mommy makeovers and BBLs are phenomenal at social media. They have great before and afters. They have 
photos and videos during the surgery. They show results within two to three weeks that people are having phenomenal results. So I think that's the driving force. And that's why I say I don't think it's necessarily because of poor surgical qualifications or lack of, of qualifications or quality. I think that it, the driving force for those people to go, just we've seen the same thing with gastric bypass. It's money. Yeah. It's money. Think. I think driving force is money. Yeah. So I think that it's something that I don't know that a lot of patients realize that BBLs are one of the most dangerous aesthetic procedures out there. So there are a lot of risks associated with it. So not just the aesthetic outcome. So, so we talk about the travel and the post-procedure care that's uh, needed to make sure that you have an optimal outcome. But really medically, there are dangers associated with this procedure. And I think when we look at uh, the results and it looks great or somebody likes it, and they don't really fully understand all the risk involved with it. One of the, the big ones being fat emboli. And so that's where uh, a portion of fat gets uh, injected uh, inadvertently into a blood vessel. It can cause uh, things uh, you know, pretty severe, like respiratory failure, cardiac arrest. You can end up on a ventilator for that. Um, or you can get infections, which may even you know, not show up for, for several weeks and you're already away from the area that you had the procedure back in your home town, possibly could have to find somebody locally to deal with that. So I, I do believe that it's an area that's, um, that is pretty trendy and a lot of patients will travel for these procedures when they can save some money without really thinking that they may end up spending more money in the long run to care for the complications. You know, there are several devices. It leads us to one of the other topics, but there are several devices on the market for um, body modification, if you want to call it that. And so I think when you start comparing the cost of 10 or 12, 15 sessions of some of these machines that we use, whether it's one of the muscle strengthening or tightening or the fat dissolvent, there are several different technologies out there. But I think whenever you compare the cost of, you know, catching a flight over to Mexico, being healed up, you're done within two to three weeks, hopefully. And that cost and your heal time versus having that commitment of using some of these body modification um, technologies that are on the market. It sounds really good to start with. So let's just, um, but before we jump into another topic, talk about how would you go about finding a qualified provider if uh, you were interested in a BBL? So for myself, um, the I've recently had had a treatment, and I think there are a lot of qualified providers out there. So you have to find... To clarify, you haven't had a BBL. I have not. I probably need one, but I have not. <laughs> um, I need a mommy makeover. I've recently had a platysmoplasty and a, um, a lower neck lift. I think that one of the things that is really important is one, the provider needs to be qualified. You need to have uh, certifications are important to me. Education's important to me. Before and afters was important to me. And you have to find that provider that fits you. For my particular case, I didn't want to be put to sleep. And so I found a provider that was able to do that and give me the results that I wanted. So I think the leading thing should be safety. Like I know price is a driving factor a lot of times. And I completely understand that, but at the end of the day, your life is more important than a dollar. Yeah, correct. And I've had surgical procedures before as well. Um, and, and so uh, liposuction from a, a, one of our local surgeons. And we had this discussion and I was kind of a, a little bit uh, different than you in terms, I didn't mind paying the extra money. I wanted to actually be monitored by an anesthesiologist. I wanted to have some sedation. During the case, I wasn't comfortable with just uh, oral medication only. So I think that there's a range of things that you can consider when you're choosing your provider. For those of you, uh, just to kind of break down what is a BBL, it's a Brazilian butt lift and it usually tr or traditionally involves 
uh, fat transfer. So they're a liposuction or a procedure somewhere to remove fat from one part of your body and transfer it to your butt to enhance it to make it look uh, bigger. And there are a lot of things that will influence the outcomes of this uh, procedure. So the technique used to harvest the fat, the method used to uh, re-inject uh, the fat, all of those things will have an impact on your final outcome because just like any other tissue, this fat is uh, transplanted, but it will need to develop its own blood supply to survive and to actually um, you know, stay where it's put. Uh, otherwise, if we just took the fat out, moved it to another location, it would liquefy and go away in a short period of time. So I believe when you're looking for a provider, what I would look for is their, you know, history. Where were they trained? What is their training? And um, I would look for a board certified plastic surgeon to do this procedure, particularly a board certified plastic surgeon that does a fair amount of liposuction and fat transfer. So not every surgeon that does fat transfer has uh, great results with that. And so we know that there's a, a, a fair amount of fat that will not survive the transfer. And so I would look for someone uh, who does a fair amount of those specific procedures. I would ask what are their safety protocols and what is their plan if something goes wrong. And if they can't tell you that, or if they're uh, unable to to kind of uh, go over their emergency plan with you, then I would consider looking for another provider. So any procedure that, that you're going to undertake, the provider should be able to tell you the benefits, the risk, what are the alternatives, and when they go over the risk, that, that should be thorough, and you should be able to ask them what is their emergency plan and then confidently give you that answer. And if not, with any procedure, but especially something like a BBL, that should trigger you to go and look for someone else to do that procedure. Well, I think we all have fat in areas that we don't want it, and we all need fat in areas that we do want it. So that kind of leads us to another topic that is like hot, hot, hot right now. And I say it right now, it's been hot for several years, probably from the beginning of time, is weight loss. And that is probably one of the, it's going to be one of the most controversial things coming up. There, there are going to be a lot of complications, I think, down the road associated with it. And I think that that's one of the areas when you're talking about a qualified provider is not just with surgery, you know, whether you're looking for injections or if you're looking for weight loss or if you're just looking for someone to coach you, you need to, to don't be ashamed to vet your provider. And so um, we see it all the time with how many people are out there now prescribing weight loss medications and they're not benign. They're changing the body, you know, they're changing, they're changing the way we think about food. That's one of the ways that they work is they're changing your hormones. They're changing the way your stomach empties these foods. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that it's still so early in this trend that, that we all have a lot to learn about it. And so that this is something that many med spas are incorporating and we've done weight loss in the past in our practice and kind of stopped for a, a while. And um, now we're re-exploring that area again. And we're seeing uh, results with these newer medications that are injectables that rival that of gastric bypass. So some of the results we're seeing with this, you, uh, you know, traditionally could only get if you uh, had some kind of surgical intervention, which I think is great for the patients overall because we're gonna be minimizing risk of secondary problems like high blood pressure and diabetes, high cholesterol. We know a lot of those things are easier to control with weight management, but I also don't think that we know, um, you know enough about these medications being used in the volumes that they are. So in the you know hundreds or thousands of patients that are receiving them, that we um, fully understand the, the rebound effects when you go off of those medications and any kind of long-term risk associated with those. Obviously, um, if we're using FDA-approved medications, um, they've been through safety studies and they've got indications for those procedures, but a lot of these are being used in an off-label fashion where we're just saying that this is a, 
you know, desired side effect of a medication designed to treat something else. Well, I think the I think these weight loss medications that are so popular, they're I think they can be used correctly because they should be used as a guide to teach you how to live from this point forward. Because let's take it for granted, like we're not all diabetics. It's a tool to teach you how to eat, to how to go forward. You know, when you if you're on this medication and you can only eat half of a state, then when you come off this medication, keep in mind that that's what you really should be eating to maintain the current weight that you're on. Because if you go back right back to eating a full steak or a full sandwich in the morning for breakfast, then you're going to gain weight, you know, when you come off the medication. So I think if the medication is used properly, then it is a good thing. But also, it's not a benign. It's a medication. That's the reason it's prescription only. There are tests that, and histories that should be very thorough before starting these medications. Not everyone's qualified. And so I think that that's kind of the danger that we'll see in the future is someone that has a, a history or is at high risk for thyroid cancers. You know, this certainly increases your risk. These are things to take into consideration is that it's not just an over-the-counter medication to curb your appetite for a couple of days. It's something that can alter your body forever. So do you think that these medications uh, replace uh, stimulants, which were prior, you know, commonly used in weight loss prior to the development of some of these new uh, diabetic agents or weight loss agents? I certainly don't think they're a replacement. I think all of these medications have their place, first of all. And some of them are even being used in combination because stimulants are actually, you know, used for several different things. And certainly appetite um, cravings is one of the things that's curved by it. But I don't think that they're a replacement. I, and I don't even necessarily think that they're safer. I think addiction is probably one of the things that we have to really be concerned about with the stimulants where that's not such a big deal with the other medications that are now on the, on the market, the injectables being used for it. So from a provider standpoint, maybe it's, maybe it's a little safer, um, but I do think also that you can't underestimate the power of the medication. So other than uh, side effects of this, uh, things, you know, such as obviously you have to be screened properly, make sure there's no personal or family history of thyroid cancers. Um, and then, uh, you know, what are some other drawbacks that you see of this? Uh, one of the things I've heard, and I don't know if you want to comment on, is uh, the patients really uh, complain about price. And this is something pretty expensive for a yeah. lot of patients. Well, I, I think price is certainly certainly a factor and especially with insurance not covering a lot of these medications now we have some compounded pharmacies that are doing formulas that are very similar to the own brand or to the branded medications and people are getting really good results with those so i think that um that price is a driving point for that in addition to you know price being a concern for some patients so you mentioned that we have compounding pharmacies as an option and um, I, I believe that we only have that option right now because these medications are on a national shortage. And so we'll see uh, if production increases and in the you know, ongoing availability of, of the medications. Uh, what are some of the things in the aesthetic industry that, that you see changing as a result of all of these diet, uh, new diets and new diet medications? Ozempic face is all over social media right now, so which so I guess weight loss in the long run is really good for for our aesthetic business. So 
We've treated this for years though in gastric bypass patients and um, sleeve patients. When you start having that mid-face wasting, it really ages you. So, you know, as well as having the health benefits for not having that extra weight, there are also some health concerns and cosmetic concerns as far as just the look. So I think Ozempic face is certainly the most, the most common right now that we're seeing. Yeah, so the Ozempic face, uh, for those of you listening that may not be you know, familiar with this, this is after, you know, kind of what you see in anybody after they've undergone like a major weight loss, so after a gastric bypass surgery, excessive dieting, uh, you know, some kind of uh, acute or chronic illness, or uh, quick weight loss from all these diet medications. And it's also something that we see with aging, and it's typically where in our cheeks and in the middle of our face, the, you know, fat pads that are normally there and kind of give us that nice round, uh, you know, cheek and uh, kind of holds up the lower portion of our face, that goes away and the fat kind of descends. And so then we're uh, forced to look at ways that we can correct that. And so that usually then brings patients back into the practice after they've lost all of this weight to do things like fillers or biostimulants or different things that we can do to try to replace that volume loss, which also kind of brings us to another like controversial trendy topic right now is buccal fat removal. Yeah. And so, you know, with fat, with weight loss, we lose this mid face volume, have to replace it a lot. But at the same time, we're, we're looking at doing that with our aging patients or patients who've been on these diet medications. There's this whole trend of people out there having fat removed from their cheeks. And so kind of where it sinks in in the lower portion. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's attractive to me personally. I think it gives a, a nice contoured look. I think that if it's done properly, I think it gives a nice contoured look. I think it gives the patient a healthy, slightly hollow look that a lot of us <laughs> find attractive. Um, but I also don't think it's going to age well. You know, that's um, what we're seeing in a big portion of our patients are 50 to 70 plus years old. And that's one of the big things that we do is mid-face volumization. And, you know, when you start removing these natural fat pads, then you're going to deal with jowling and sagging skin. It's going to change the skin texture in that area. I think we just need to be really careful about, and that's a, one of the places that we as providers need to be very careful about providing a service that's going to be safe for our patient, not only at the time, but also provide a desired outcome over the course of the next several years. So I'm not a huge fan of it, even though I like that look. Um, I think that it's something that we can achieve with some other things. You can do some, you know, some mid-face volumization, some cheek augmentation. You can contour with some of the um, some of the PDO threads and other treatments that we have available. So I'm gonna let you do the buccal fat reduction. I'm not gonna do that for myself. Yeah, I think I would like that look, and um, I, I definitely have uh, considered it, but I also agree with you. It's something that, that we have to be concerned with as we age, and so I'm probably going to opt uh, out of that one as well because I'm getting at the age where I'm going to need to like start <laughs> worrying about that fat moving to other areas, but maybe in my 20s or 30s, I would have uh, you know considered that. Again, this gets back to the same thing that I think you'll hear is a common theme throughout a lot of our um, episodes and if you see us in person is making sure that you uh, see providers that understand this aging process that understand uh, the ramifications of some of these you know procedures that may give you a nice uh, immediate or short-term result but you got to think of how that's going to look in the, the long run so uh, we don't provide buccal fat reductions in our practice but we do have several surgeons in the area that do a great job that we refer to for our patients that are that are wanting that and if in your area I would suggest that it, like any of the other procedures Look for before and afters, ask for the, uh, you know, how often they do these procedures. It's not something you want. Yeah, that's your provider. 
I mean, regardless of what you're doing. And that kind of leads to some of the other, we mentioned threads during that. What do you think about the cat eye lift? I know you're a big thread fan. I think that that's, that's probably one of the hot trending things this year that's been going on. We've been seeing a lot of it. Brow lifts have been around for a long time, but we haven't been seeing a lot of this until just fairly recently. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely a, a huge fan of uh, PDO threads. And one of the areas that we can easily augment is a, a brow. So prior to this, it was um, a pretty big surgery that you had to undergo to get an actual surgical brow lift. And now we can accomplish, you know, it's not a permanent result, it's a more short, short term result, but we can do that with PDO threads. So for the cat eye lift or a foxy lift is where we're going to use these threads to temporarily lift the outer portion of the brow. Again, I think that's something that you have to evaluate and make sure the patient is the appropriate candidate for that. And we can do that in the office by kind of uh, uh, simulating what that lift is going to look like. And that's not something that's uh, you know, a nice look on every patient. Typically, I find that uh, patients that are better candidates for this are going to be younger patients. Um, who can you know really pull that off? If we do this in a in you know some of our fifty or sixty year old patients, they tend to look a little bit surprised and maybe even a little bit angry. So they have this really harsh angle to their brow. So we have to be careful in choosing the right patient. But I do love PDO threads, and I do think it's a nice area that we can uh, accomplish a lift uh, pretty easily. The nice thing about the about this trend is that it is temporary. So we're not going to see a, a fox eye lift or a cat eye lift that's going to be hanging out for ten years. So there are several things that are that are trending right now. Um, some of the some of the other things are some of the new products that are that are on the market that are pretty hot. So what do you think about the Daxify? Yeah. So um, you know, Daxify has been recently uh, released in the U.S. So for those of you who haven't heard of Daxi or Daxify, that's one of the newer uh, neurotoxins. So when we talk about neurotoxins, that's a kind of a broad class of products, but they're all uh, you know similar. I think most of us are familiar with the brand name Botox, and that was uh, is the you know one of the original products made by uh, the company um, Allergan. And so Daxify is one of the newer uh, Botox type A toxins that uh, is purported to give us a longer result. And so that they're marketing this as a six month neurotoxin and there are uh, you know, some of their, their studies that are showing even up to nine months uh, result. Um, I'm always a little bit skeptical to be the first one on the block to try things. So I've done that occasionally and uh, you have as well. We've done this in the practice. You know, we've been burned with that in the past. So there are definitely safety studies out there. It has an approval, but we're kind of in that wait and see mode right now. So we have not brought this into our practice yet. We've heard about it and kind of talked to the reps. We're kind of waiting and seeing if the patients are really getting that, uh, those six month results in the real world that, um, it, that they're marketing. Some of our friends that are local providers, they're having good results. And so I think that, um, just like any any medication, any of the toxins in the right hands is good, but you have to take into consideration those six month results. If they're good, that's great. If they're bad, that's six months of hell that you have to go through until it wears off. So I think that's one of the things to consider is it goes right back to what we've talked about. I don't know how many times we've said it during this um, episode is about vetting your provider and you know being sure what kind of training have they had on it. It is a new product, it is it's something that you know, it would interest me. I, I don't like doing my Botox every four months or my Dysport every four months or, you know, the any of the other ones that are out. So I think it's something that's certainly entertaining. It does come with a price increase, but, you know, over time that probably all balances out. So 
Um, be interesting to see see where where it goes and how it pans out. Yeah, certainly. So I think um, kind of as uh, all things that, that we've talked about today, these are new things. They're uh, possibly trendy at this time, maybe slightly controversial, but in the right hands, I, I think that a lot of aesthetic providers can get desirable results. So if you're looking for a qualified provider in the Pensacola area, come and see us at Skin and Tonic. Or tune in next week for Beauty in the Brain and we'll have more tips for you. <laughs>